Was it hard to get back to that creative place? Has it been hard? Or in a way, is it kind of exciting to know that your reach has expanded so far? I don't know. Yeah, it, I don't know. The, the thing with the whole Pepe phenomenon is, is really what I've had to come to terms with isn't necessarily what's real and what's not real. It's more just the vibe of like the public's perception of a thing. And uh, yeah, with the Pepe stuff, I you know early on, I, I was actually influenced by or inspired by a lot of the kind of the shitty bootleg, you know, less um, dramatic Pepe's. Like I, you know, I thought it was kind of kind of funny to see all these stupid things. Friends, Romans, countrymen, let me ears. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the MC Lars podcast. This is episode 108. It is Monday, October 26, 2020. Shout out to my friend Chris Gates, former MC Lars podcast guest, because it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Chris. This week's episode is brought to you by the Patreon Larsians. If you want to hear my giant back catalog of proprietary songs. Check out patreon.com slash mclarge. You can sign up. You can listen to the songs I made about the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've got songs about the book Infinite Jest. I did a bunch of songs about the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, I'm currently writing songs about all the movies and TV shows and video games in the Star Wars universe. And I'm about to release my Attack of the Clones song, which gets into Darth Maul's origin and his relationship with his brother. Check it out. It's tight. So shout out to the new Patreon Larsians, Matthew, Carl, and Mark with the C. Shout out to the old ones, Derek, Amanda, and Konchuk. I appreciate y'all a lot, and uh, thank you for your support. Also, if you want to leave a message for our son uh, that I'll play for him when he's older, you can call and leave a letter to Atlas. The number is 510-463-4237. Again, that's 510-463-4237. Our son is almost six months old. Holler. So uh, this is this week's letter to Atlas from MC Evil, who's actually next week's guest on the podcast. So take it away, MC Evil. Is he sleeping? Is he pooping? Just checking in. How's a little boy doing? These are some messages that you left. Wishing our little baby boy the best. Now it's time for Letters to Atlas. Please leave a message after the tone. Hello, this is MC Evil, and I want to leave a message for Atlas. And I am a student of your father's and a fan of both of your parents' music. You are a fortunate one to have the parents you have. They are kind, so kind. It's harder than you might think to be kind and to be joyful, but they both are consistently and diligently. And no matter what you think, because sometimes parents can be extra, their love for you will hold up forever. Take that power they have bestowed on you because of who they are and what they believe and how they live their life and let that power fortify you through all of your days. Take care, Atlas. Thank you, MC Evil. That was a very, very nice message. This week's guest is a very amazing dude. He is the focus of a new documentary that just came out called Feels Good Man, which is the history of Pepe the Frog. Now, a lot of you might know Pepe the Frog from the Boys Club comics. Some of you may know him as the frog that was co-opted by the alt-right and used for a lot of negative things on the internet. But the documentary explores the history of how an indie comics creation went viral when 4chan kind of appropriated it. And I wrote a song about the comic book Boys Club before all of this happened. I sent it to Matt Fury and he posted on his Tumblr and we kind of stayed in touch. And uh, they almost used the song 
for the credits of the movie, but they ended up using kind of a more serious song because the movie is kind of serious. So it's all good. But I um, asked Matt if he would be on the podcast and I was like, yeah, we won't talk really about that specific meme, but I wanted to talk about his family, his artistic inspiration, everything. And we touch on it briefly, but and it's definitely not the focus because Matt is a prolific, interesting dude. And he just put out a book called Mind Viscosity, which y'all should check out because he's brilliant. He's like, I think, one of my favorite artists of our generation. So this is my interview with Matt Fury. And afterwards, we're going to play the Boys Club song. For those of you who haven't heard it, um, it was on the Jeff Sessions compilation that came out a few years ago. And uh, there's actually two peppy songs. There's one I did with Richie Branson about... Uh, that boy and Peppy and kind of competing to be the most famous frog meme. So check it out. This is my interview with Matt Fury. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the MC Lars podcast. I'm here with cartoonist, father, and never-ending story enthusiast, Matt Fury. And he has a new book called Mind Viscosity. And I wanted to talk to him about his process, about fatherhood, about his life. And I've been a fan of his for a very long time. So uh, it's really cool to have him on the podcast. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hey, everybody. Hey, MC Lars. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing really well. It's, it's, it's hot out here. And uh, so I'm enjoying a uh, fall in California. You're uh, you're based in Southern California these days, right? Yeah. Um, but you you grew up in Columbus, is that right? That's right. Your work feels very to me. It reminds me always of like the sunshine and the joy of California. But maybe you could speak more to that. Like, what do you like about living in California, having been from the Midwest? Well, you know, being in the Midwest, you know, I remember I had Pacific, uh, Ocean Pacific uh, bed sheets when I was a kid and had like a, a skateboarding uh, penguin that was listening to his Walkman, uh, you know, with the beach in the background and the sun setting. And, you know, he had his headband and his shades and all that. And uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I feel like kind of our popular imagination is kind of in somewhat scraped out of Southern California, you know, so, so I've always kind of felt like I lived there, even though I didn't, you know, when it was summertime in Ohio, I, I imagined being on the beach in, in LA or something. So, uh, but also that's cool. You lived in Venice. Um, it's definitely a very inspiring place in terms of just all the characters and, and just all the people there. And it's just a fun, really weird place. Yeah, man. It, you know, I really liked about living down there is doing the loop from, um, you know, from the, from like the V on Venice Beach all the way past the boardwalk and back, like probably about seven miles, maybe eight miles loop. Yeah. I really love getting up early, like at five or something and doing that loop before, before all the like characters were out and then seeing this, the boardwalk and the beach slowly come to life, like an organism. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's such an interesting place because it is so densely populated and it's right there on the water. It's, I don't know, I, I I would like to go down there and, and uh, just hang out and, and sketch people and just, it just, it's constant ideas, constant like colors and, and uh, you know, ev everybody's kind of on board with, with the weirdness of Venice Beach. It's like nowhere else in the world, right? Yeah. 
But speaking of colors, you talked about fall and autumn coming and everything. And do you miss like the leaves turning and, and the snow and stuff like that? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, sadly, I think, you know, the last few times, I, you know, it still happens, but things in the world are a little bit off right now. So I think even the seasons in Ohio aren't the same as they were when I was a kid. You know, they're, they're not as, it's not as predictable as it was in the 80s. I mean, not to get totally negative, but yeah. I don't know. And California is on fire right now. And I really think, um, I don't know, I, I have a kind of a pessimistic point of view right now about the, the, the state of, of the seasons and in the world in, in general. And, and, you know, luckily I, I have a, um, have an art kind of practice to go to where, where I can kind of, you know, draw about my, my kind of concerns about the environment and, and stuff like that. But, but to answer your question, yeah, I definitely, I de you know, a part of me wishes I stayed in Ohio and just kind of like, uh, you know, stayed with the ship, you know, and, and didn't, didn't abandon ship, but you know, I still have a lot of family out there and stuff. And I, and I still, when I go to visit, I feel like, um, you know, it's definitely home for me because it's it's where I came of age. And, you know, I feel certain comfort being back back in Ohio and, and you know, just the, the smells and the sounds. And there's a lot more bugs in Ohio than there is in California. You know, just going back to Ohio in the summertime, it's just the, the air is alive with with bugs and then and then it even lights up the sky with all the light are there lightning bugs where you're at yeah it's really like a magical thing to think about how the earth is constantly um producing new wondrous things and new exciting things like that and um i think going to new places especially touring you know like that's probably one of my favorite memories of of that like seeing new animals or seeing new natural formations and and that's like that inspires me as a creative person you know yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think it's great that you have a touring kind of lifestyle because you do get get to see a lot of different places and things. And, you know, I think that it can inform your creative process and also just give you give you a bigger perspective on the world, too. So I definitely envy guys like you that can go out and, and tour and and do that kind of stuff. I'm kind of a hermit. Like I noticed in the, in the new documentary, there's some scenes where you're at some cons. Do you enjoy like do, going to meet your fans and going to cons and traveling, or would you prefer to stay home and just draw? Well, I, I do enjoy the cons. Like, I think it's it's I don't know. I, I always feel like kind of a schlup, kind of you know, with with my back bent out of shape, kind of leaning over the table, signing people's books and stuff. And I don't know, it's not not the most romantic thing in the world to, to do you know you're just kind of stuck there sweating eating a, hot, eating a hot dog and watching the people go by and stuff it's it's kind of it's not great but it is cool meeting um you know i remember going to the alternative press expo in san francisco and feeling like i'd finally you know found my my place in the world you know just it's just a room full of people like me that were just trying to create um comics and zines and stuff like that and and that was really fun, just the energy in there. And, you know, I was a lot younger then, too. And, and I, I feel like I had a lot, I don't know, a lot more ambition and energy back then. Nowadays, I'm not as excited as I once was, but it, it still, still lights me up sometimes. How old were you when you moved down to L.A.? Well, I, I first moved to um, San Francisco when I was 21. Uh, right after I graduated from art school in Ohio. 
And then I didn't move to LA until um, like 2012, I think. So, so I stayed in the in San Francisco for about, you know, 10 or 11 years. That's interesting because our, our timelines kind of overlap. Like I moved to LA in 2011 and before that I'd lived in um, near Lake Merritt in Oakland. But I wonder, so when you lived in the Bay Area, did you ever feel like you were connected to kind of the underground comic scene or any of that world? Or did you always feel kind of like you were just creating your own magical world outside of that tradition? Well, when I, when I was living in San Francisco, there, there's that website fecal face was popular and, and that was a great website for the, you know, for the early two thousands, just as a place for, to figure out like where the art shows were, where the shows were. And, and it really had a kind of a, a community vibe. So, so I, became involved in fecal face pretty early on. And, and that kind of connected me to that, you know, it was kind of more of a skateboarding um, kind of art show kind of scene with photography and, and stuff like that and zines and, and all that. So uh, I felt connected through, through fecal faith. Um, but then also um, my publisher at the time, Buenaventura press was based out of Oakland and, and I would go and visit him in Oakland a lot Um I think he was off the MacArthur BART station. And, uh, you know, he was buddies with Dan Klaus and all these other guys. And he kind of got me introduced and connected with, with more of the comic book scene there. So, um, and he was also a fan of Fecal Face and would, we, would, we would go to shows together. And I don't know, it just seemed like a fun, just seemed like college just kept going when I moved to San Francisco because it's just such a small town and everybody kind of knows one another and everybody's like, trying to do something fun it, it was a it was a magical time yeah I, I hear you Matt like there's this this feeling of being a smaller city community and I guess this free spiritedness that when I think about like the literary history of our country when like the beats came to the west coast Kerouac talks about that like when you go as far west as you can there's nowhere to go except like deep into your creativity or to to build friendship or things like that so I think especially San Francisco has that. And I think it still, it still has that, even though there's the tech culture change, which everyone talks about. Like I always, whenever I go there, I always feel happy or I feel inspired, you know? Yeah. I'm not, I, I go back and forth with the tech thing because when I was moving to San Francisco in 2001, like we were meeting up with some friends that had already graduated from college and they had tech jobs. You know, this was before the first bubble burst. And I feel like the tech thing has kind of always been there because in a way, like in the in the glory days of the Internet, it, it was kind of like a, a utopian kind of hippie endeavor to get everybody connected online and, and blah, blah, blah. So so what happened was, you know, San Francisco has always been kind of a gold rush town. So, yeah. So it seemed like the, the tech was just the next phase of this kind of gold rush thing. And um yeah, it's definitely changed. Definitely the mission has changed. But, you know, you know, you go to those, you go to like um, North Beach, still, you still get some of that kind of beatniky vibe out there. Just, just kind of the old guys hanging out in the coffee shops. And, you know, some I remember some coffee shops are saying in particular, there's no like laptops allowed and stuff so people can actually engage in, in a conversation. And, and I appreciated that. That's pretty cool. Um that's so you would have started writing Boys Club around that time when you were in living in the Bay Area, right? Yeah, probably 2004, 2005, something like that. When you um became a father, did you do you feel like you approached 
your creativity in a different way. Like having the schedule of being a father and having this little person whose life is dependent upon your energy and your love. Um, do you feel that that has influenced um, how you create and when you create, or do you feel like it's just an, just another another addition to your life, and it really hasn't had any factoring into your process? Well, I think. Yeah, it's definitely having a kid is, is a very unique and rewarding experience. You know, I've always wanted kids and uh, finally had one, and it's it's pretty awesome. Um, it does, however, provide its own challenges. Like, I think I took for granted, you know, I've been with my uh, wife, Ayana, for, you know, like 14 years now. And, and I guess I just really took for granted the times that we had without a kid where we would just uh, hang out together in the same room and not necessarily even have to talk or anything. We would just, you know, listen to The Cure and sit there and draw for hours. And it was just nice. We'd just drink coffee and draw and, you know, days would just kind of melt into into days and life was pretty easy. So so we've just got a new dynamic going now. Um, we were really looking forward to Ursula um, going to kindergarten so that we would have that time again. And of course, uh, you know, the world's a little bit different now. <laughs> so so uh, she's in a Zoom meeting now. And, um, I don't know. Some artists who don't want to have kids are afraid that it might change their creative process. But really, maybe it just it's like a stream, like with a rock. It kind of just sends it to a new path, hopefully, right? It's just different. Yeah, well, my, I don't know. I've always really... Um, honored and respected at like a kid's point of view and even in my own art you know I, I think a lot of the art that I'm drawn to you know could be considered naive or coming from kind of like a childlike place of wonder so so I've, I'm definitely kind of gleaning some inspiration just simply from my kids kind of point of view and even if you look at my artwork before I had kids I, I was doing artwork of, of like animals having kids or like family style situations so I don't know if anything it's 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 made my art maybe a little bit softer but but in some ways I've doubled down on my weirdness too just to kind of counterbalance the uh you know the the softening of having a kid so I don't know it's it doesn't really feel that different really Yeah that's cool man and it's cool also that um like I like the scene in the movie where you're reading your daughter from your book and and sharing the it's the picture of the sunset in the movie and how that's like to create it must feel really cool to create something and then be able to be like this is what I created and in a, in a way like reading her the night riders it's like this is a something she'll always have a memory of this time that that you can share right do you feel that way sometimes yeah i mean that was unique cuz you know i made the night riders before i had a kid you know in 2000 I think it, it was published. Um, so that was kind of a cool experience to have a kid and then be able to read it to her. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I, I've actually, um, McSweeney's, the, the folks that published that, actually reached out to me last week and want me to do a, a new kid's book. So I'm kind of in the early brainstorm phase of that. And, and I'll definitely use some of these um, experiences I've had with my daughter to kind of inform this next book that I'm working on. That's awesome. So you and you're super prolific, and you have a new book, Mind Viscosity. And I was wondering if you could um, talk a little bit about that new project. Yeah, well, basically, I just wanted to have something come out 
uh, one of the producers on the movie was like, you should really have something out when this movie comes out so you can promote it. Because, <laughs> um, you know, he was confident that the movie would make some waves and that it would be some good publicity for me. So I kind of took him at his word and, and uh, contacted Fanagraphics and was like, hey, can I do a, it's basically like a coffee table book of, of all my artwork over the last 10 or 15 years. Um, so, you know, I just have all this stuff on my hard drive and it's just sitting here collecting dust, digital dust. <laughs> so it was just exciting for me to like get that all organized. And, and Ayana, um, my lady, she, she really helped me kind of, um, figure that out. She's, she's always been very supportive and, and very helpful when it comes to getting my shit together and organizing it and figuring it out and, and stuff. I really kind of have grown to depend on her um, sensibilities to, to help me navigate it. So, so it's exciting to just have all these, you know, have all these books now and the book is kind of squishy. But, um, it's got like a squish to it, a soft cover. And then the, um, the title itself is uh, iridescent. So it kind of has a rainbow play of color and then it's just densely packed with all these, all these drawings that I've been doing over the years in the Bay Area and, and down south and, and everywhere else. So it, maybe it's freeing to to create something that wasn't so narrative, something that was kind of more like a mixtape or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've kind of, I don't know. I, I've kind of gone away from narrative stuff. I, I just really enjoy kind of the poetry of just sitting there and doing a drawing, you know, and, and trying to tell tell a story or not even tell a story, but have, have a, an emotion or a feeling wrapped up into, into a single drawing. And, um, you know, a lot of the drawings that I do nowadays are, are pretty densely detailed. So I want people to be able to just, you know, I'm, I'm really influenced by like, uh, Aronimus Bosch or these kind of visionary artists that have like a lot going on in their artwork, you know, even like, uh, even like a where's Waldo scene or something like that. But, but, you know, I just like something with a lot, a lot of stuff going on. What okay? So I want this is a very precise question I was wanted to ask you because I was thinking about your kind of Hieronymus Bosch esque art. What is the longest time you've sat down to do a piece like without? Maybe you went to use a restroom or something, but like where you didn't stop. Do you do you have like a record in your mind of the longest time you've done that? Yeah, I think when I first moved to um, to San Francisco, I was I was living in Foster City crashing at a friend's house and um and i was really wanting to get my artwork out there i was really ambitious i was trying to figure out what what i should do and i remember i just stayed up the entire night working on it working on a drawing um you know i think i started probably at 9 p.m and then worked all the way through the night and uh the drawing i think actually was on a computer so <laughs> it wasn't even a real drawing I don't know. There's something about working behind a computer that kind of keeps you awake too. something about the electricity or staring at a screen. Maybe it's just, maybe it turns you into a, a weird creative zombie or something. And, and then you, yeah, you lose track of natural light, right? And time. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, but that's a great thing about, yeah. About doing drawing or creating anything. It's like, yeah, when you get into that moment where you can kind of forget yourself, forget everything and just be locked into it. And then yeah, time doesn't really, matter anymore you know those are definitely the, the times that you know we as creative people probably live for is not having to trip about anything and just just you you just can lock into your your craft and and uh you know it's just like anything else it's like catching a wave or i don't know 
hang gliding or something. Yeah, or riding a bike where you just um, you don't even think about anything except the tires and and where you're going. And it's at those moments where you're in a flow, right? I think about that when I'm making a when I'm recording or maybe on stage, like just um, yeah, it's like you're you're tapping into something that's greater than you that also is you. And that's the kind of like a divine or a very sacred thing when you get into that, yeah. that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I think people long to be in because for, for whatever reason we've become separated from the world and, and that's our, that's our ticket back in, into the flow or into the, you know, whatever the hell a butterfly is doing when it's flapping around, you know, that's interesting, Matt, because I always feel like, when I look at your work, it's like you have this, you have this vision of um, taking the ephemeral and the transcendent, and then making 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 that stick on paper. And having had, you know, this reach that was su- surprising and unexpected, and having being the focus of the new documentary where you're forever talking about one specific moment. Um, I guess my question is, what are some ways to get back that freedom and that joy in your heart after having all the stuff happen to you around the, your character and, and, and the, the memeing? Like, it, was, it like a, was it hard to get back to that creative place? Has it been hard? Or in a way, is it kind of exciting to know that your reach has expanded so far? I don't know. Yeah, it, I don't know. The, the thing with the whole Pepe phenomenon is, is really what I've had to come to terms with isn't necessarily what's real and what's not real. It's more just the vibe of like the public's perception of a thing, you know, because just of how I am as a person, like I don't want to give any of the, this negativity attention. I, I feel like that just amplifies the negativity. So, so it's just been an awkward situation for me to try to counterbalance all the negativity with, with positive stuff. You know, as you see in the movie, I'm, you know, kind of struggling to make sense of it, you, you know, trying, trying to, trying to be positive and, you know, failing. <laughs> so, um, but I think that, um, in, in a way the movie has actually helped me move on from that whole story and, and be able to re commit myself to my own artwork, my own craft. And, and actually making this book, Mind Viscosity, kind of um, was really fulfilling for me to just see all of the work that I've done over the years um, kind of edited down and condensed into, into a, a book that kind of flows from, from page to page. And, and I want to do another art book like that. And I want to do another kid's book. And I think I still have a lot to say, um, even though whatever I say probably will never be as loud as Pepe, but uh, but that doesn't matter because yeah, maybe it, it, ultimately it does work as like an advertisement for my art or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, man, and and maybe it's like I think about this. I think about this. Like I've had moments where people have reacted more strongly to certain songs than others. the the main The main commodity, if you want to use that word, that I hope happens when I express myself is when people hear it. They say, oh, I could do that. I could make a song with my computer and make a rap song about something I like. Or I could I could put together a um, something like that, like a video like that. And I think that's the only currency that really transcends what we create because you've had this explosion of, of a character, but also really 
it's this drive for people to see that you have a vision and, and maybe inspire them to find their own. So maybe that's kind of satisfying to think like that that is something that in, and in the end inspires you to create more. And that's kind of like the magic of creativity. It endlessly feeds itself. Maybe, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Well, yeah, I think that, yeah, to, to talk about what you're saying about having your, your work be influential to people in, in a way that they, they think that, you know, Hey, if, if he can do it, I can do it. I, you know, I feel like my artwork kind of lends itself to that too, because I, I basically just very stubbornly only used colored pencils and markers my entire career. <laughs> and, and that's something that's really easily purchasable. And, you know, you don't need any, you know, it's probably the same thing with you and music. As long as you got a computer and a little recording setup, you know, you don't need anybody to tell you you can do it or not. You can just do it all your own and you can put it out online and you can create your own community through that. So yeah, it is all good. And uh, yeah, with the Pepe stuff, I you know early on I, I was actually influenced by or inspired by a lot of the kind of the shitty bootleg, you know, less um, dramatic Pepe's. Like I, you know, I thought it was kind of kind of funny to see all these stupid things, right? Done on Microsoft Paint and you know goofy ass shitty versions of Pepe. You know, it's 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 all love. <laughs> <laughs> it's all love, and and that's cool, man. Well, um. I think it's really, I really appreciate that you um, had time to talk to me because I've always wanted to ask you some of these things. And it was really fun watching everything happen with the Boys Club book and then everything that came after and then how you were so resilient and positive. And it gave me faith that like the internet doesn't, isn't going to destroy humanity. It can like amplify and spread positivity and love and good things. And like that is a, uh, yeah, your your story is is really inspiring. So, Matt, I really appreciate your time, and I really hope everyone can go check out Mind Viscosity. And um, yeah, and I just I guess I was wondering if there's any last things you wanted to say to to the audience that maybe you haven't been able to talk about on any other podcast because I know you're doing a lot of press for your new move for your new movie. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, you know, life is hard, and. Uh, I don't know. I have my own like weird mood swings and stuff. I think just figuring out how to behave in this world is, it's a challenge. Every day is a challenge, but I think that, you know, like what you're saying about positivity and stuff, like even if you're not, even if you're not necessarily happy every day, you can at least do your best to do things to make you happy. You know, you, and I guess I've said this before, but, but, it's kind of everybody's own responsibility. Like, like happiness isn't something that you're given. It's something that you, you kind of strive for. And how we strive for that is, is through, you know, cultivating a good community or family or, or creativity and all this stuff. So really you can't depend on anybody except for yourself. <laughs> so, um, but it is nice. Maybe we're learning that, that we need one another more, you know, this, this kind of hyper, individualism of of our culture it's it's kind of brought us to where we are today and and i think the interconnectedness that that we can see through the internet and and otherwise you know that's that's the real a lot of a lot of real things happen when you realize that that everything's connected to everything else so and you know i think psychedelics help with that too if you're 
bold enough to try something like that. If, if you really want to change your mood or your mind and you're willing to participate in something that opens you, awakens you to something um, outside of yourself or, or something that can show you more interconnected. You know, I, I, I'm an advocate for things like, you know, mushrooms and peyote and stuff like that. So just thought I'd mention that. That's awesome. No, I'm glad you did. And um, yeah, we're all connected and anything we can do to squeegee the third eye, as they say, and make and, and realize that is, I, I would say, is, is wonderful. And um, that's cool. That's a, that, that's a good note to end on. All right, man. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, rituals. Sometimes I like to set up like little toys around, like while I'm drawing, like uh, I just kind of like come over here and be like, oh, today I'm going to draw with like the lizard and this pterodactyl that has kind of a bent nose. So I'm going to set those guys up. Go inside the caboodle here. I'm a frog named Peppy and I live with my three best friends. I forgive when they stink up the bathroom when I'm playing Doom. Close the door, land with damn P.U. Cathode ray to my giant eyes. Chilling in the graveyard, who's that guy with a pizza pie and the spider eggs and the kiwi bird with the tiny legs? Dapa Harambe, they crash on the floor. 2017 internet lore. How did it happen? I don't really know. Up on the wall of the Mikwathor show. I'm a fortune star, don't ask me why. When the memes on the scene straight multiply. Pants all the way down to my feet when I pee. Cause it feels good, man, so please let me be. Boys Club, Boys Club, welcome to the Boys Club. Making hell and noise club, welcome to the Boys Club. Why? Cause it feels good, man. 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 Boys Club, Boys Club, welcome to the Boys Club. Making hell and noise club, welcome to the Boys Club. Why? Cause it feels good, man. 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 I'm a dog named Andy well, Maybe not a dog, but I'm drawn with a handy And a pair of lidded peeps and a pie hole And a pair of long ears, short shorts, I snort, I roll With a bunch of bros, our apartment's dark Quick with a thumbs up and a smart remark The yard is sharp in color, I'm mad yellow Shark when I'm gonna barf My bad, fellas! As if, sniff and rock bottom Pop another bottle and I'm off and hot dog And when I'm chillin' like a champion Freezer stinks, I'm so freaking lit that I become a link Now, did you know a thing about a fancy cheese? Get the pass through a cat Sunglasses, please On the last page? That was me, I guess Gotta catch phrase? That would be a yes Boys Club, Boys Club Welcome to the Boys Club Making Noise club, welcome to the boys club. Why? Cause it feels good, man. 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 Boys club, boys club, welcome to the boys club. Making hell and noise club, welcome to the boys club. Why? Cause it feels good, man. 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 Yo. You ever seen a poop this lengthy? I'm the truth in the bathroom, dude's envy. Crew with a tooth, but my mood is friendly. Getting your attention ever so gently. Begging your pardon, my partners who rent an apartment and started his pencil and parchment. A friendship is strengthened as ours won't be tarnished in base if I target this fart in your face. Bam! My mind don't work backwards. Living in the moment because I know what's coming after. R.I.P. I'll be lame when I'm dead. Eyes gotta be on the prize. They ain't in my head. Land wolf, part man, part mammal. You never see me give a damn in any art panel. Anything is possible. Everything is rock and roll. We unstoppable. Pants optional. Boys club, boys club. Welcome to the boys club. Making hell and noise club. Welcome to the boys club. Why? Cause it feels good, man. 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 Boys club, boys club. Welcome to the boys club. Making hell and noise club. Welcome to the boys club. Why? Cause it feels good, man. 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 Inside of my shades on, I'm free. 
fresh as the days long And my best friends are my roommates And they Zach wrapped to my face on And they Batman to my Robin They three Troys to my Abed And my name is Red, I got a backwards hat I got Whitney off in my Walkman Like I'm every woman It's all in me Got a treat in the freezer you won't believe Ask Sandy can bird dog stupid Or Pepe when he done pooping I'm B-Money, my team funny I'm Mansell Adams when Land Wolf's puking Boys Club, Boys Club Welcome to the Boys Club Making hella noise club Welcome to the Boys Club Why? Cause it feels good man 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 Boys Club, Boys Club Welcome to the Boys Club Making hella noise club Welcome to the Boys Club Why? Cause it feels good man 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 Going Matt Furry on him Matt Furry on him Matt Furry on him Just basically writing comic books, um, it's kind of for a loser, so um, I lost big time in that department. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate your time, and I encourage you all to check out Feels Good Man, because it's a really, really good documentary. Next week, we got MC Evil, who is one of my students in the MC Lars Lit Hop Academy. We premiere a song, we talk about her creative process, and it's a it's a really cool episode. And uh, we talk about this online school that I run for aspiring rappers. So, yeah, if you're interested, uh, we'll talk about how you can get a hold and submit to be part of it. How to apply to be one of my Jedi Padwans <laughs> in the MC Lars Lit Hop Academy. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks again, and Matt. Thanks again for being on the show. Peace.